electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Kingston here with Jim Cramer, David Faber, back together again. As the tape indicates, another rough open on this Tuesday. Futures week, Nasdaq on pace for what would be the worst three-day slide since March 9th. Lots of news on Tesla, Airlines, Exxon, GM, Nikola, and more. Our roadmap begins with tech's big tumble. NASDAQ futures indicate a 3%-plus drop at the open. Then Nikola's partnership with GM. Why both stocks are set to surge this morning, despite, of course, the broader sell-off. And finally, this Tesla snub, the S&P's decision to leave Tesla out of its benchmark, having a huge impact on the stock. Not the only reason, of course. We'll explain why later on this hour. Jim, thank goodness you're back, man. It was good to get uh, your take from home, at least on Friday, amid this madness. Well, I'll tell you, uh, what I saw last week and I see uh, today is this parabolic move. Look, Friday's close. I I thought it was what we would call phony. I mean, the big rally, please. And I didn't think there was anything to it other than short covering. I think we'll revisit the lows that we saw Friday, and then we have to rethink because the selling, frankly, is too hard this morning. That doesn't mean that I, I don't think ultimately the people who, have, who don't know what they own shouldn't sell. I'm just saying this is just uh, trying to find price discovery where we were Friday and then be able to figure out what to do. David, you know that that kind of rally on Friday based on nothing yep. is really a sign that, that people are desperate and shorts are were desperate to cover. Yeah. And to your point, trying to sort of figure out where there is a real bottom and if there was one or is one. You know, Jim, it's funny because somebody bill, oh, these stocks are all down on no news. <laughs> Remember all the days, day after day after day, week after week after week, maybe even month after month where all these stocks were up on no news. And we just sit here and question their valuations to some extent, understanding the underlying businesses were very strong. But nonetheless, This is the price to sales. No, this is the price to sales and earnings per share multiples that were, uh, you know, uh, through the roof. Um, And here we are now, people wondering, as they often do, well, gee, why is it coming down on no news? Look, uh, I think it's really important. I put together a list. I had this Kramer COVID-19 index of the winners. You're right, David. I mean, are we looking at times earnings? I mean, everything is time sales. Everything. And what happens when you have that is, is that the value guys, the S&P guys, not even S&P names, they're not going to come in. The margin guys are going to get margined out. And I am specifically going to call out the Robin Hood people. I know that this is something that we're not necessarily uh, focused on in the sense that there's a broader court than Robin Hood, and I'm using it as a rubric. But many of them are so over their heads that they will get so angry that I said that. But, Carl, I remember in March and April of 2000, I remember what it was like. I know there were a lot of people who said, you know what, I'm a millionaire. I'm not going to pay taxes. I'm a millionaire. Carl, these people lost everything. 
I think it's my job as a guy who follows stocks to say, do you know what the stock is? I, I read on Twitter this weekend that there were some people who just said, look, you know what? I love X, Y, Z. And when I find out what they do and it's like, oh, will you cut it out? Don't be so damn proud of knowing nothing. Yeah, no, Jim, you've you've been pretty interactive uh, the last 72 hours with your club. Uh, this morning you tweet high flyers, sell some, please, please, please. But to your point about Robinhood and David, I'm sure at some point this morning you're, we're going to get to SoftBank. Yes. The FT and the journal stories sure. on Friday and the debate about just who's driving the uh, the options market and its dominance over trading. Yeah. In fact, we might as well hit it a bit now. It's not clear to me that the SoftBank story, which you alluded to, of course, a, a very large buyer of essentially call options on a small group of well-known technology names, all big cap. We don't know a lot of details. SoftBank is not giving them to us. They haven't really said much of anything uh, to uh, even confirm these stories, although I can as well at this point tell you that is the case. It had been in the market for a while. Of course, I found out subsequently people were aware at least of some of this uh, buying. But it's not clear that it is the reason we are coming down at this point. Concerns uh, about some trading desks and whether they're appropriately hedged to, to handle the other side of the trade. From what I hear, I'm hearing they are. But it does at least add some fuel to the fire, Jim, and give us a reason as to why some of these stocks may have been moving up to the extent that they were. It's also a very curious decision, it would seem, by SoftBank. Now, we've been reporting on this company for some time in terms of the asset sales that it's been undertaking, the huge sale of the stock in T-Mobile. They're also selling some stock in their, uh, in their uh, SoftBank mobile uh, unit there in Japan. They've trimmed the Alibaba position, uh, Arm Holdings. They may look to monetize at least part of it in some fashion. But I think, Jim, the expectation that they would go out and buy $4 billion worth of options to control some $50 billion worth of stock is uh, unexpected. Um, it does go to this point that perhaps it is no longer a hundred year vision they have there, but perhaps more of a minute by minute vision. Uh, you know, Rajiv Misra, the man who runs, um, who is, uh, well, technically CEO of SoftBank Investment Advisors, has a history, of course, in that area at Deutsche Bank. Uh, his old friend, Anshu Jain, as well as at Cantor Fitz. Unclear whether they did any of these trades, Jim, but it's having an impact. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, though, overall, about how much of an impact it may be having. I think they're using a research firm, David, that has a reputation during this period of excellence. I think they're using Barstool. <laughs> I think, I, I, honest to God, I think they came in on top of Portnoy. I think that they feel that stocks can only go up. And, you know, look, I, in the old days before I came to Jimmy Chell, I would literally say that they're knuckleheads, mountbanks, and knaves. Not anymore. I say they're ill-advised. And, Carl, when you have... Well, they've these- made money from it, though, Jim. I mean, it's been, an inc- it's yeah, been a winning the trade, assuming they, they can take the it off. No, I'm not clear that I, they have. Okay. And I don't understand the underlying incentives for why you do it, because it's not as though oh. SoftBank's going to get a higher multiple as a result of doing this. Oh, it was a great trade. Yeah. I mean, why? I mean, Portnoy made a fortune. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, let, let's own that. If they take it off the table, whatever the heck they're doing, then you're right, David. They're smart. But they've just been lumped in, in, in terms of what I think, Carl, in the same breath of the people who felt that stocks couldn't come down. I mean, you know, the Fastleys of the world. I mean, look, I've got, hey, what did they like? Okay, well, I, look at this. They like the Spotify and the Fastly. And, oh, yeah, they're like all over the – they should have been buying the drug stocks, but – you know, ConAgra or something. But when I look at what they're buying, I mean, it's the stuff. I mean, they, come on. Let's cut it out. I mean, they're buying Lavanga, Lavongo, uh, Zoom. Boston beers went up to square. Uh, you know, Peloton. They probably like the Peloton. I, look, 
We should, we remember there was a period in 2000 where people came in late. Uh, and this is what these fellows are doing. Now, look, it's entirely possible, Carl, it's entirely possible that we bounce today after we hit where we were Friday and they take something off the table. Yeah. If they take something off the table, they'll be well, as smart as the other people t- who take things off the table. So two questions, Jim. One, you seem to think there is something in the 10% NASDAQ drawdown that we barely touched on Friday. Two, why couldn't this be uh, election season, uh, September, October seasonality uh, occurring right on schedule? Well, look, September is a terrible month. I I love the Jeremy Siegel was on today, Professor Siegel. I've always loved his thinking, uh, stocks for the long run. And even he said, look, the Nasdaq is not for the long run. He was comparing it uh, mightily to the uh, period in March 10th, 2000, where the S&P held in, uh, but the high flyers didn't. Now, I think the high flyers, frankly, are much better than they were in 2000. Uh, and I do look, the election is, is such a, a, a wild card. But uh, I do think I do think, Carl, that when Siegel says that there are two markets there's the market that is uh, very much uh, price times sales. And then this price times earnings. And he wants to be in the price time earning, times earnings, which is the S&P, and doesn't want to be in the others. I am not going to go against him. He, he's been too right in the big picture for as long as I've known him. And I've known him very, very long. I even uh, he, he, His book is just the – it really is – the book for this era. It works. And David, there's nothing wrong with saying that, yes, a soft bank may have put on a great trade, yep. but you have to take the trade off. And then I'll salute them. It's not a, it's not a what, 2000, how was he playing for the 2000 year old man? I mean, what is he going for? Yeah, it was a few hundred years, 300 years. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean not anymore. Maybe Virgin Galactic or I mean, something. You know, the Vision Fund, everything was supposed to be long-term in nature, I think, as a soft bank investor, at least. By the way, the stock has done extraordinarily well as a result of the undertaking of this asset sales uh, that they have uh, and the buybacks that have come along with it. But it's an interesting strategy. Um, yeah. And I don't know what's going on exactly there at SoftBank. As you see, the stock did sell off um, yesterday, I believe it was, um, uh, as a result of at least investors saying, well, what's going on there? Because, of course, to your point, Jim, you may make a lot of money on this trade, but next trade you could lose a lot. I mean, has this company become more of a hedge fund than it is a long-term investor of capital, allocator of capital, with Masa, of course, having that view that about what the world's going to look like in 30, 40, or 50 years, not next week yeah. or next month? I know. He'll um, get the bounce maybe today, and maybe yeah. he'll take advantage of it. I don't know. Uh, and I, I don't believe I'm not sure what they've closed at or haven't. You know, it's my understanding they had some call spreads on. They also had some outright, obviously, call purchases as well on some of these stocks. Four billion dollars is what's reported to have been spent. Um, we'll see what the impact is. But, Jim, overall, where we stand this morning um, and where we're coming down, I mean, do you look to fundamentals to try to understand what really should be? a level that makes sense for some of the so many names that we've talked about that have gone more or less straight up over the last month? Well, if we have a recovery mode and people start going back, um, not necessarily go back to their buildings. I mean, Reed Hastings had some good stuff to say this week about how yeah. he expects four out of five days. Mm-hmm. But if, if we get uh, the bounce in the economy continuing, which is what we've had, remember the unemployed, uh, it's really been pretty staggering how quickly it's come back from April, then I think people are going to want to go back to the 3Ms. I think, I think they're going to take a look at, at, at diversified industrials, like a Dow Chemical, which is already up a lot. And, and I think that the people who are, um, let's say, the newbies, let's call them that, uh, who are pondering at this very moment what to do. 
uh, whether they should go back and bet on the NFL on, fr- on Thursday or whether they should own stocks. And again, broader rubric. I think that they got to go and that they should go on their own terms first. Uh, but if they can't, Carl, then they're going to go on the terms of the margin butchers. And that's exactly the opposite of what you want. But you, do you think that, uh, what is it, Chiefs Thursday, right? You think that the return of football uh, withdraws some, some retail participation in equities? Yes, definitely. Uh, I think there are a lot of, wow. a lot of hot money, uh, had nothing to bet on. So they bet on stocks. They bet on the, I don't know, the, the Vax arts. I mean, I'm just looking at the stuff they like. The, someone was telling me, Jim, so all weekend I was, I was told to pump workhorse. I don't know. I was looking at show horse. I was watching the Derby. Not a lot of people at the Derby, by the way. And, well, and, what and, happened to your buddy Portnoy? He said he was going back to sports. Has he done that? No, he's still in the Davy Day trade. Yeah. Now, I am sure that people at home are saying, why are you emphasizing him? And I am saying, again, he's the paradigm. There are so many people who now, when you talk to them, they own stocks. I mean, now, these are people who've never owned stocks. And when you ask them what they own, Carl, they can say, you know what? It's a digital play. And beyond that, they don't really have a, a wrap. So I mean, let them be blown out, and then we can look at the stocks. I mean, look, you know what's not a phony stock? Microsoft. There was a piece today, though, from Goldman Sachs reiterating their sale of Apple. Oh, yeah, okay. So maybe they'll be right for a couple of days. But they've been wrong for I don't know how many points, including a split. Oh, I, man. I, I think that Tesla is a – What? <laughs> Tesla's a major part, Carl. Tesla. And it's funny that, that uh, the people at SoftBank, I think they said they should be buying T-Mobile. Excellent piece today by Moffitt Davidson saying how there won't be a price for it. So I want to take the other side of them unless they ring the register. Hey, maybe they had Nikola. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they were short Tesla and long <laughs> Nikola. Hey, or Con Ed. Let's get all of them in there. That's going to be a good Tesla. trade this morning, at least, Carl, isn't it? Good to be back. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Nikola's up. 28% pre-market. We'll get you up to speed on this new partnership between GM and Nikola to make the electric Badger truck. Uh, big story and one reason why Tesla's down 15% pre-market. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. We're very excited to be partnering with Nikola. When we look at the opportunity to continue to leverage our technology, the Ultium battery platform system, as well as the HydroTech fuel cell technology, this is a wonderful validation of our technology and then bringing uh, our engineering and manufacturing expertise to the table. That was GM CEO Mary Barra. That was earlier this morning on Squawk Box, of course, when she was discussing uh, the company's Decision to produce Nikola's Badger electric pickup truck. GM will also take an 11 percent stake in Nikola as part of that deal. You know, Jim, uh, we had Trevor Milton on uh, not that long ago, a month or so ago. We gave him a hard time. We said he's got to deliver. This was number one on his list, an original equipment manufacturer for the Badger. And it would appear that he has delivered, at least on this front. And, of course, as you see, shareholders also uh, seem to agree um, two billion in newly issued common stock for uh, to GM for what they're calling the in-kind services and access to GM's global safety tested and validated parts and components. 
They will, uh, that will have a lockup provision along with it, by the way. And GM will engineer, homologate, validate, and manufacture the Badger battery, electric, and fuel cell versions. Um, it's an interesting move for GM as well. I mean, we can get caught up in Nikola and that stock, Jim, but let's not forget the ambitions of Mary Barra. Well, I think this certainly would make it so she can spin off uh, Ultium, uh, also the Hydra, Hydra Tech fuel cell tech. I mean, this is a good reason to own GM, I guess, if you think they're going to split it off. As far as the Honey Badger, I don't really know what they get what, for GM. What does GM get? I mean, they get a list. What does GM get out of Nikola other than the I mean, David, help me here. Nikola has a list of customers, right, for the Honey Badger? Yes. I don't care. Okay. Why not? Because the honey badger don't care. There is no reason to. <laughs> what is Nikola? What are they like? You know, here we go. I mean, let's just team up with GM and we will have a. Uh, I don't know. What do they do? They make the outside of the truck. I mean, well, they make a lot of the truck. I mean, in fact, it also utilizes their fuel cell technology to the class seven, eight semi truck market. And they say represents a high volume commercialization of its leading hydrotech fuel cell system and complements the company's battery electric propulsion. Well, I just think that... Right, for no cash. All the things that that GM gives them are worth a lot more than what Nikola gives to GM, I think, other than a veneer of, hey, we're cool. I mean, their bar is cool, David. She's really cool. You know, she's cool. I mean, what I'm wondering cool. is what Nikola, what, you know, what's what's Nickel actually bringing there? What are they bringing all the plans? I, I don't ask me. I, I don't, don't know. know. Well, I got to ask Trevor. I, I mean, got to ask Trevor. He would come on with us. We could have asked him, but he call, didn't. I prefer the call this morning. I saw a call this morning about Ford, a positive note about Ford. And what was it? Yeah, Evercore. A bet on Jim Farley. I think that makes sense. Farley is a car guy. He's not. As good at, uh, as steel as uh, office cabinets, like the previous guy, you know, from Steelcase. That was not Farley's suit. Farley's more of a car guy than he is like a, 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 a an office. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of like a chair and cabinet guy. So uh, I think Carl, that the, I like the Ford call more. I know that GM is going to go up. Uh, I know that Nikola's going to go up. But at the end of the day, I want to know whether GM's going to spin off this unit. If they spin off this unit, then we've got some value. But otherwise, it's just the same old look. I got to be cool and Ford. You know, I'm not as cool as Tesla. But it's yeah. a significant partnership, Jim. I don't think you should just, you know, <laughs> throw it away. I mean, it is, they own 11% of the company. They are commercializing battery technology together. GM is going to be able to use what it develops over a broader product right. portfolio over time. Uh, and, it, and it puts a, a, a significant vehicle on the road for... Uh, Nicola, beyond I, its hydrogen big trucks and its fuel cell, you know, remember it's a vertical right. system that it's got. Beyond well, that, I'm not, I think it's just, well, what I'm saying is that GM got a great deal. GM can now do something. It's got validated its EV technology. But the, probably the, what happens to Nicola next? Well, you read that Amazon, because you watch those ads, Amazon's going to be green, Carl, in 2025, and they're going to use a lot of these kind of trucks. And you see all these Amazon trucks on the road. Hey, you know what? They announced that they buy some Nikola trucks, and then you're, you're fine. Well, you know what? I guess this is just good for everybody. I'm saying right now that GM got the better of the deal uh, because GM just got validation of their EV, uh, and it puts them like Neo. It puts them like Tesla. And everybody wants to be Tesla except for today. Just didn't make right. the S&P. Uh, speaking of which, Jim, yeah, three big pieces of news uh, not included uh, in the S&P. Uh, completed that sale of Common that they announced on the first. 
And uh, Musk has uh, qualified for the third tranche of those options, another $8 million. Well, look, uh, there's, I know that there were people who were disappointed that it was out of the S&P. Uh, when the S&P started to really matter, uh, we used to say, ooh, who's going to be added? Who's going to be added? Who's going to be added? Dave, you know, people played that game, and then the game went away. It went away actually with Safeway. There was like a problem with Safeway when it got added, and everybody lost some money with Safeway. But, you know, we've got a lot of people, new people, David, who think that when something's added to the S&P, it's great. The only guy who did terrific was the at-the-money sale of Tesla at the high. Yes. But selling it to people who said, hey, it's going to be out of the S&P. Elon Musk is both a great stock trader and a maker of cars. Yes, he 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 seems to have uh, ability in a lot of different areas. Yeah, actually. Uh, don't forget, by the way, also stock splits stopped being a thing as well at some t- point during the uh, during the end of the bubble 20 years ago. Right. Uh, and this stock moved up. How much, Carl, was it from when they announced the split? Uh, it was staggering in terms of the additional market cap for both Tesla and Apple from the time both companies announced their yeah. intention to split their stocks. I, I, You know, every Tesla stat gets buried in a pile of other Tesla stats. So I don't have that one handy, but uh, but you're directionally correct, David. Take a quick break here. We'll watch the futures. Leader McConnell's on the tape this morning saying that the Senate will vote on a virus relief package as the Senate comes back to work after the long holiday weekend. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Not one of the huge price movers pre-market, but lots of news surrounding Disney today. Deutsche goes to buy uh, from a hold. Lots of news around Mulan over the weekend. Uh, The parks at capacity for the first time since they reopened. We'll get to all of that and uh, the opening bell in a few moments. All right, we're going to get over to Jim from Mad Dash. You'd want to share this with you, Jim. Uh, There's your boy, Portnoy. Hey, Elon Musk, do something. Uh, yeah, well, $389 billion market value coming into trading today, Jim, on Tesla, but it's not going to be that when we open. Well, remember, Elon Musk did answer uh, Portnoy's tre- uh, tweet. We have to believe that that was Elon Musk not that long ago, so it's entirely possible that he will respond again. In the meantime, Tony Saganecki responds uh, He said from Bernstein. He says current valuation is mind-boggling. Mind, but I like that. But he does say it's a fool's game to predict where it's going to go. Uh if you want to look at the fundamentals of Tesla, remember, 
Uh, it is making cars. It did raise a huge amount of money. It has confounded everybody over and over and over again. So it's entirely possible. Let's say Elon Musk comes in and says, you know what, Dave? I'm going to buy a little stock. It wouldn't shock me, David. He watches Portnoy, as does SoftBank, I believe. Remember, the key to this market is Portnoy's next move. Still? Yeah, because it's, the NFL doesn't start till Thursday. And when does this end? When does this, or is this with us now? You know, I mean, I know Portnoy has told you, I believe, that when sports really comes back, he's going to move back to sort of focusing on that. And we use him, as you point out, sort of as a reflection of Rest. a broader yep. level of speculation in the market and this broader participation. Does that die out? Does that end? Does that go the way that we saw it go 20 years ago, Jim? He's a multitasker, and David Daytrade, I think, is probably going to be with us. Remember, he did say he saved the market on Friday. Now, there are people out there right now, older people are saying, what the heck is Kramer talking? <laughs> yes, they are. And I totally get that because Barstool, they do, you know, one bite is terrific and Barstool's great on sports. But I think that this is an era where you have to f- come up with people who describe what's going on. Portnoy is everything that I'm seeing in the market that's exciting, but not necessarily after today lucrative. Carl, okay. Guys, there's the opening bell at the uh, NYSE, and uh, look at the Nasdaq there, watching uh, some breath fill in. Of course, uh, a holiday-shortened week. We'll see what that means uh, longer term. Jim, a um, lot of new research today, a lot of initiations. We're going to start to kick off conference season this fall. I mean, we could we could pick any of them, but I noticed uh, Morgan Stanley initiating some airlines and and Boeing at an underweight, uh, saying that there's an underappreciated risk of. Deliveries that can be canceled if your plane is delayed more than a year. At what point does Boeing say, you know what, we got maybe have to rethink a little bit about uh, Dave Calhoun uh, because there were Dreamliner stuff. This every single have you read a positive story about Boeing lately? I mean, every story's bad. Uh, it's obvious that there's uh, people in the FAA who hate these guys. Have they done enough to clean things up? I don't know. When I read that note uh, from that, the note is devastating. It is devastating because they're talking about a remarkable $73 billion that's at risk in orders. Uh, I, I had kind of was part of the Stephanie Link, my old friend, uh, camp that maybe there's going to be a moment to buy Boeing. David, do you think it's wrong to question whether Calhoun has, is, is the right guy? No, I think you can question whatever you want. Uh, it well, may be too early to do that. Yeah. Well, uh, better late than I mean, I don't know. I mean, they let they, uh, Ford got run into the ground. You don't want Boeing. you were questioning Ford, I think, on day one. Yes. Yeah. Well, you, I just you think were that after him from day one. That's you, not been the case here. And I don't not, think it is right now. No, you did not need a good office cabinet man to run Ford. That's now, I, Calhoun knows this business, but I'm just saying it is unrelenting. And you would think that at this point with uh, with with Phil LeBeau talking about how it was a good weekend. There were a lot of people saying Morgan Stanley saying buy Southwest Air. You would have to say, hey, listen, why not buy some Boeing? But. Carl, it just doesn't have any traction. And I'm beginning to look, do I think that Calhoun should go? I don't know. But I do think that something's really wrong there, and I don't know how to fix it. Yeah. Jim, uh, chips, uh, the uh, SMH below the 50-day first time since um, oh, April 21. A lot of discussion now about uh, China rhetoric heating up specifically around uh, chip technology. Nothing new, of course, but uh, perhaps to another degree as the president yesterday uh, at the portico suggested uh, a decoupling, in his words, of the U.S. and the Chinese economy. So what is it, how is this moving in your view? Well, I mean, I think it's what it's doing is it's driving some money, some money into health care, which has been a real dog. 
Uh, I think that when he says these things, people immediately think some of the rhetoric was basically you got to make everything here. And and remember, Apple makes a lot of things there. I think the president still does not want to own up to the fact that we have companies that do that make things in China and sell them around the world. And it's actually good for America. But he's he's on on, he is just on just a tear against China. And this is, again, uh, you mentioned election uh, electioneering. He wants to show that he hates China more than Biden. And then Biden hates China. I mean, you know, Carl, there was an article this weekend about how China's infiltrated the universities. I mean, China, the anti-China rap is just getting louder and louder. And that does make it so that the chips are a little more dangerous. The fact that the other side of that is, is that what can he do? What can the president do? Can he just put a tariff on Apple phones? I mean, but how stupid would that be? Yeah. Cut your nose um, off despite your face. By the way, we're seven days away now from, uh, I think, from TikTok being banned. Unclear. I mentioned that because we've never gotten full clarity on the September 15th deadline, which is what uh, its parent ByteDance and the potential bidders for the company had been dealing with. But there was another executive order, if people recall, that may have had the uh, it may have extended it a bit. It was the one that applied both to ByteDance and to Tencent's WeChat. Remember, but Jim, it could be as little as seven days till that thing gets shut down. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I think that we're now in a world where I think the president may just say, I am tough, tougher than everyone. I'm closing this thing. And that would be, again, something that would be all you need to do is try to separate them from China. Just get the code and separate, which is something that Microsoft can do. But the president, I think, again, cut your nose off despite your face. I hope he's I hope that Navarro is listening. I hope that some of the chief of staff is listening, Carl, because there is a win here for America. But it isn't like it has to be that you have to destroy the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, You can win if you allow Microsoft to get this and have it separated. But I think the president's using a meat axe instead of a stiletto. And I think a lot of that is because the president is not a detail guy. And where is the administration when it comes to what's really going on at individual companies? I don't blame him. That's our bailiwick, not his. But remember, if Microsoft gets it, it's good for a great American company. And I refuse, and yep. I, I probably dislike China more than anyone in the White House. I refuse to think that it's a bad thing for America if Microsoft gets it. Yeah. Well, there's the TikTok issue, Jim. I mean, but there's a slew of other headlines this morning, for example, uh, Beyond Meat getting near a production deal for a site uh, near Shanghai. Uh, Starbucks looking to add more plant-based in Asia uh, with Beyond Meat's help. Disney's getting kicked around today because part of Mulan was shot uh, in the Xinjiang province. And at the end of the movie, there's a credit that thanks the government. I mean, that's uh, that's a legit story today in The Hollywood Reporter. Jeez, that's that's actually... uh uh, darkening an, another story that was unbelievable, which was this Disney upgrade for Deutsche Bank, where they're talking about spinning off ESPN and ABC. David, this mm. is your neck of the woods. Mm. Should a credit to the Chinese Communist government undo a Deutsche Bank note that basically says it's the Holy Land? We're just going to have plus and then all that ESPN stuff where they seem to lose a lot of viewers. Yeah, the idea being that, as they say, Disney goes all in on streaming and Disney succeeding in the land grab phase of direct-to-consumer. We know that's the case. That has been the way the stock has been judged to a certain extent. One reason why it's only really down 9%, which if I told you the beginning of this horrible pandemic, Disney would only be down 9% given its exposure to so much of the bad things going on. You might have said, wow, that would be, I would take it. Um, um, 
Jim, I don't know whether they have. Well, uh, first of all, companies consider every, all sorts of things. I have no idea whether right. they've ever considered what they're what they're discussing there. But, you know, the idea being that you would have a, 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 a very significant cash flow producing asset that w- might at least attract some shareholders for that. You could perhaps put a big dividend on it for some time. I don't know. Uh, maybe pe- who knows? People come up with these kinds of things all the time. But it does right. point to the strength of the direct to consumer platform. Um, Guys, if I could pivot quickly, uh, I did want to mention Moderna, um, which, Jim, I know you were uh, going to hit before we got that Tesla tweet uh, in the mad dash. Um, You know, Moderna's uh, part of that biopharma leaders that are uniting to stand with science. I know you guys have seen this. Uh, AstraZeneca, BioNTech, GlaxoSmithKline, J&J, Merck, Moderna, Novavax, Pfizer, Sanofi, all announcing this pledge a united commitment to uphold the integrity of the scientific process as they work towards potential global regulatory filings, of course, and approvals for the first COVID-19 vaccines, um, saying that they will make clear their ongoing commitment to develop test potential vaccines in accordance with high ethical standards and sound scientific principles. Goes to this concern perhaps out there that the idea of it being rushed, perhaps even for political purposes, Jim, but Moderna shows down over 12 percent. Well, it does. The low rink note is devastating because it's saying uh, due to increased skepticism for vaccines that are rushed to the market. Now, just so you know, I'm enrolling for the Moderna because of the J&J. I can't. Looks, it's just too hard to get into. Uh, I, I, Moderna can be easily gotten into the trial. They have 21,000 people in the trial, according to Meg. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to get a vaccine. I was thinking about Moderna. Does this change my mind? No. But uh, Carl, if they're going to offer a, a trial vaccine, it's been working so far. I don't know. When I read about what's going to happen in the fall, when I read about what's going to happen when these college kids come back and I look at the college numbers, I don't think there's it's so wrong mm-hmm. to get a little Moderna in your arm. Yeah, I'm looking at this interview that Reed Hastings is giving to the journal uh, this morning, Jim, uh, of course, with a new book. They ask him, do you have a date in mind for when your workforce returns to the office? Uh, and he says probably six months after a vaccine. Once we can get a majority of people vaccinated, then it's probably back to the office. He's no fan of remote work, Jim, which sort of leads to your your broader point about uh, a vaccine being a real catalyst to a broad return to work uh, dynamic. And I think that's what's going on. I mean, I think that we have a lot of people who say the door's about to be open. Uh, and if that's the case, then we've got to switch and we've got to sell the fastlies of the world and the Livongos. Maybe we don't get into the da- data dogs as much as we would like to, even the, uh, the Rokus. And we've got to go back to something like Yum. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw there was a positive note on Yum this morning. Uh, they're having pretty good. You, know, you can you know, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. But look, but Yum, this is Stiefel note. And they raised numbers. Yum. How, when was the last time you saw somebody raise numbers, uh, David, for a consumer stock? But it's happening. It's happening. Then the Campbell Soup debacle uh, on Friday, the interview, where basically they said, hey, you know what? I think it's Thursday or Friday. It all blends in. Uh, it, they, uh, you know what? The, the stocking is over. Uh, I don't know. I actually kind of like the S&P today, just so we know. Led by Disney, David, I think Disney's going to lead, lead the S&P because this split off of ESPN is going to be buzzing. And then GM, the split off of EV. So, David, it's called self-help. These are things that are not actually happening except in your own mind. That's very true. Okay. Just want to make sure people understand that. Right. It's not like this is actually occurring. You've never let the there's facts a, get in the way of a good story. No, there's a Deutsche Bank analyst who mentioned something that seemed to have gotten your attention. And then as you point out, you like, but you like to create your, try and create your own outcomes. 
You don't get an investment banking fee, but you like to do that. So I like got to. GM at some point spinning off now with this Nikola investment of 11% ownership and the partnership they have there. So you have them spinning their, all their EV assets at some point in the future. Yeah, All right. I think that's certainly possible. I also love when Apple, by the way, let's just go back to own it, don't trade it. When the guy who's been dead wrong mm. on it, Carl, the guy who has a sell from Goldman, when he reiterates the sell, yeah. am I suddenly supposed to say, you know what, I got to sell Apple? A guy who says 2021 is going to be bad. Is he the axe, so to speak? Or do you burn the axe in his, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to create my own. David is I right. Know. I have periodically had a vision. It was a vision kind of like the... Um, Kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, sure. Right. Did it have dancing monkeys? <laughs> flying hor- monkeys? No, but it's a horse of a different color. Those ho- those flying monkeys still, even to this day, <laughs> right? Very frightening. Scare That's the a heck horse out of a different color. <laughs> Very frightening. Um, yeah, you're hey, right, Jim. Uh, Apple is below a $2 trillion market hole. value, by the oh, way, guys. No. So just so you know. Yeah. And how's our friend Tesla doing? Um, you, know, you know, if we just had Tesla and that's all we had and forget the rest of the market, wouldn't it be exciting? Tesla's down 18%. <laughs> You trying to make a judgment uh, Rod there, Hall, uh, it keeps the sell rating. Uh, new price target of 80, Jim. You know what the real news around Apple is not Goldman's call this week, uh, but the rumors about to, to what degree they are going to introduce new features on a watch or uh, are they going to start production of 5G phones by mid-September, as Nikkei suggests today? Well, there's that 5G news. Uh, the, the, this is the news um, that Verizon's going uh, to leave Samsung. Nokia yeah. and, and go to Samsung. David. That's phenomenal. That's a big number, too. I mean, there's right. a lot of money. You know, there, obviously, as you know, there's a lot of money at stake there. Given what do you the make of that? That's got to take. What do you make uh, of that? Um, I guess they think they've got the better technology and are going to be better able to meet the demand that's going to be there. And that's actually true. I think that Samsung is an under because it's from Korea. We don't talk about it enough, Carl, but they've done a lot of things right. They, and by the way, TSMC, we need that Taiwan Semi, the largest forge company in the world it's very important that we protect them. I wish that the, that the people at the White House understood TSMC's important. Try to get the, I don't know, they, they, they also, they got to find out more about the stocks that they're banging and the companies they're banging because it's not all one. They're not all Kodak. The Kodak deal, David, what was that? That was a good deal, right? The Kodak, good deal for the CEO there. I don't think I did. You have to talk to your boy. You have to talk to your man there in the uh, the White House about that one. No, you know the other. Yeah, your other. Navarro. Yeah, ask him about it. A lot of bad press for Navarro. Maybe it came to him in a dream. Didn't you call it Navarro SPAC? That's what you were calling it. Yes, it was a Navarro SPAC. You know, Carl, where are the SPACs today? I mean, you only do SPACs when the market's going up. When the market's going down, we even own SPAC and SPAN. Yeah. It's only 943, uh, no, so no, it there's is still early. time. I did, want to, I, I did want to get you on oil, though, Jim. Uh, Brent's below 40, first time since June. I know you talk about 40 on West Texas oh, yeah. as a pretty uh, important benchmark. This Reuters piece about Exxon with a $50 billion shortfall over the next couple of years, the, arguing that the market's beginning to worry about the dividend. Should we, I guess, is the question. Yes, you have to. I mean, they're talking about a big uh, Guyana offshore discovery. Uh, I'm talking about the fact that Exxon, they bought back too much stock. Uh, they are not producing what we would expect. Uh, and this is the opposite of Chevron. Uh, I think Chevron distinct, has distinguished itself as being the one that has the, dip, has the firepower, has the dividend, and did not. And I, here I got a reference something that David has brought, brought out to me many times. David, Mike Worth did not pay. All, he, he dropped out of that. He did. he did. He didn't let ego get in the way. Smart, dumb, good, bad. Of course it was smart. Of course it was. He had his parameters. He stuck with them. He didn't let, 
listen, momentum, you know, emotion plays a role in those kinds of things. And also there was a buyer that uh, that felt like it ha was a must have asset for right. it. That being, of course, Occidental. Uh, and in this case, it was clearly the right move not to have paid that price uh, if they wanted to own Anadarko, which became obviously far above what they were what they had a deal to acquire the company at. But you, uh, to your point, they've been a fairly smart allocator of capital mm -hmm. at Chevron, at least, and in terms of making decisions as to what to develop and not. Uh, not that they aren't getting hurt also. I mean, the stock's down 34% this year versus 45% for Exxon. Well, I mean, Carl, one thing that you correctly point out, this uh, below 40 is being taken as a signal that the economy is getting weaker. Against that is the possible opening trade. I think that we should be thinking more about supply. There's just too much supply. I mean, once again, when oil went above 40, the Permian came back into action. And uh, uh, the U.S. producers are just a nightmare. They just won't stop. And, and they're the wild card yeah. every time oil goes up. Meanwhile, we're not talking Carl Guys, at all. Uh, 2%. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Carl. No, I was going to say 2% uh, declines on the major averages. We did briefly a moment ago uh, touch Friday's intraday low. So we're going to watch that along with shares of Apple, as we said a moment ago, getting slammed as tech continues to take a tumble on this Tuesday after Labor Day. Uh, we're back in a moment. Got a whoosh lower at the opening trade. NASDAQ still below 11K. Let's get to Bob Asani. Morning, Bob. Good morning, Carl. Uh, happy Tuesday. Uh, eight to one declining to advancing stocks. And if you're in the you know, rotation crowd, you're going to be disappointed today because it's really not happening. Yeah, tech is weak, but uh, energy, you know, four days in a row down on oil, down 7% today. Uh, yields lower, uh, banks are getting hit. So that rotation argument is not really holding up that well today, just generally weaker. But the emphasis on the weakness in techs. And remember, there's some headlines out there. Uh, those comments from President Trump seeking uh, maybe additional decoupling, his word from China, that's not good for Microsoft. It's not good for any of the semiconductor names, not good for Apple. So you see all those names uh, down here today. And the work from home stuff, again, down two to three percent. And what you don't notice here is uh, the last few days have been really, really tough on the whole work from home crowd. So Salesforce, DocuSign, all those stocks to the downside. Slack's just up a little bit here. But we've got a healthy correction going on in this sector overall. Uh, and it's more than a few percentage points. Just let me show you from the 52-week highs now. Uh, and some of these have been a round trip in seven or eight trading sessions. But Slack, Wayfair, more than 20% off their highs. Uh, DocuSign, Zoom Video, even NVIDIA. Uh, PayPal is probably down 10, 11 percent uh, as well. Salesforce is probably down 11 or 12 percent off of its 52 week high. So we've got a serious uh, correction underway in some of these names here. They tend to overshoot. I talked about this at the end of last week. So look at DocuSign, for example, 220 uh, six, seven days ago to 280 or so on one day and blow off top. Uh, and essentially, we were at 200 this morning, a little bit over that. But you can see you could, all, all the way up, all the way down. We were even below uh, 200 at one point, I think, this morning briefly. So you can easily overshoot on these corrections, overshoot on the way up, overshoot on the way down on these blow off tops. Uh, but it's not insane that tech has been doing so well. I keep emphasizing the third quarter numbers are coming out very soon. Uh, we've got estimates. And basically, technology is flat for the third quarter compared to the same period last year. Think about that. That's quite amazing. And with everything else out there, look at the financials down about 26% for their earnings for the third quarter compared to the same period last year. Industrials down 65%. Energy, you know, you're, you're looking at, that's not a typo, 106. Companies have negative earnings. You're actually losing money that are out there. So it's quite, it's not insane that technology stocks are doing so much better than the rest of the market. Just on an earnings basis, they're clearly outperforming. Uh, 
Uh, as for the uh, S&P 500, I know everybody's focused on Tesla, but the S&P keeps changing to reflecting the world and the way it is. And the way the world is, is a lot less retail and a lot less energy generally out there, although energy stocks are not being deleted. But Etsy uh, and, uh, and uh, some of the other ones that are being, uh, being put in there, uh, a tech energy, tel uh, Teradyne, of course, a chip maker. Uh, and, of course, we've got some other ones that are in there uh, as well. Of course, uh, essentially, Catalan does drug delivery devices, uh, helping companies, new technologies for drug delivery. It's a tech-oriented pharmaceutical company. Uh, and the deletes out there, you know, it's the tech names. Uh, you've got Cody and Kohl's. Those are the two or three lowest uh, market cap stocks in there. I think H&R Plock is the lowest market cap. That's not a retail stock. But the main, main point here is, the S&P is evolving to reflect what the country is looking like. And generally, retailers, old school retailers are out. Remember, there's a lot of them that have been thrown out this year. So we had Macy's, we had Copry Holdings, we had Urban Outfitters, we've had Nordstrom's, we've had Kohl's, we've had Cody's. Uh, and I'm surprised, frankly, Carl, that, that we haven't seen some energy stocks out there. We've got Marathon sitting down there, uh, Devon, that are very low market caps in the you know, $5 billion range. That's typically when they start really getting into trouble. And of course, that's what happened here uh, today with, uh, with Cody's and with, uh, with Kohl's. They are essentially market caps, two or $3 billion. Hard to believe when you're dealing with a, a company like Apple with a trillion dollar market cap, that there's companies with $2 billion, $3 billion market caps sitting in the bottom of the S&P 500. Of course, they are responding to that. They're changing the composition. Carl, back to you. All right. Yep, absolutely, Bob. Thank you. Uh, casino stocks, in the meantime, getting caught in the sell-off this morning. Win is down just about 5%. Goldman downgrades to neutral. But a mixed picture for other tra uh, travel and leisure names as well. Cruises and airlines after an uptick in travel over the Labor Day weekend. We're going to watch all of that. We're back in two moments. Peloton rebounding off of a rough day Friday got down to 72, currently almost 82 as they announce the new Peloton Bike Plus and a new Peloton tread of course the stock up almost 200 percent for the year more squawk on the street continues in just a moment don't go away let's get to jim and stop trading okay uh often david asked me what's the key to this market i'm gonna say it's roku why because wells fargo comes out with an overweight today it's initiation they're talking about an advertising heavyweight in the making they are saying that traditional advertising is not doing well but roku could be the leader therefore i say if roku goes up today it could be a leader in itself for the stock market. It just literally uh, jumped. I don't know why we keep this secret, but there you go. Roku, key to this market. Fun to be swatted down by David, but he doesn't have the yeah. last word here, Carl. No, no, none of that uh, that basketball dunking on you like uh, <laughs> someone just tweeted. Don't forget um, the honey badger. Yeah. Yeah, think the Phil LeBeau at good points. They get the scale. They get the making. And I'm going to defer, of course, to LeBeau because he knows more than anybody. Yeah. But, Jim, safe to say you're impressed at least at this moment with the degree of the early bounce. We hit that level of Friday, and I think that if we hold that – look, there's too much selling, too much selling pressure. As Bob Pisani said, 8 to 1. 9 to 1 is the classic level where you have to buy. I'm going to take 8 to 1, meaning that you yeah. should stop selling, uh, and there's a better opportunity to sell if you want it, particularly the newly minted millionaires who all got together with my friend, buddy pal Dave Portnoy, in a picture that none of them was older than 30, and I salute them, but do not be 500,000 heirs. Take something off before it gets down to them. All right, Jim. We'll see you tonight. Exciting times. Good to have you back on you set. Bet. We got Twitter tonight. Is it right that the two candidates get to tweet before the election? We'll find out. Oh, very nice. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Jim. We'll see you later. 
You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.